Yo, 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 how's everybody doing? You already know what it is. It's Equip the Podcast. And you know what I'm saying? Stay ready if you want to get ready. Hope everyone's having a great day, evening, noon, or night, depending on when you are listening to this. And if you're a brand new listener, just thank you for taking time out of your day just to rock with your boy. And if you're a continued listener, I just want to show my appreciation and just say thank you. Continue to listen, support, like, you know, share with others. Uh, make sure you like YouTube, uh, Spotify, all those other podcast platforms, and share this as well. So, without further ado, let's get started real quick. So today, <clears throat> I kind of wanted to do a simpler, uh, more more simple podcast episode this week. And for this week, I just wanted to simply talk about uh, how to trust God. Because I feel like throughout our daily walk with the Lord, we can always have this problem of trusting God. Trusting God of... Uh, Provided for you financially, trusting God with certain goals that you have, trusting God to repair relationships, uh, trusting God for you to be a better parent, maybe friend, husband, wife, you know, trusting God that he will, like, um, you know, handle things that are crazy going on in the world. Like, there's a lot of things that we can struggle to have, you know, trust with God with. And I kind of just want to simply just talk about and use two verses real quick to Help us to how to trust God in our everyday walk. And just to remember certain key things, I feel like, when it comes to trusting God. Because, for one, this could be a huge whole series in itself. But I just want to uh, make it more a, like more simplistic type of way of learning how to trust God. And I think there's two verses that can help us out with it. Especially when we're struggling at the moment to trust God or to pray or how to trust God and things of that nature. Um, so honestly, let's just get right into it real quick when it comes to the, uh, the verses. Uh, let me share my screen real quick if you watch it on YouTube or whatever. All right. All right. So, uh, hold on, my bad, my bad. Uh, hold on. Oh, okay. I think I'm, all right, cool. So, first of all, we're going to be on is... Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Let's start with that real quick. All right. So, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. This is the church Philippians. And he says, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, I mean, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> so this is Paul pretty much uh, wrapping up his letter to the Church of Philippians. And this part of the letter in chapter 4, this is more of like an exhortation type of, because Paul, with his letters, if you you know read the, his epistles, his letters in the New Testament, he usually you know, has some type of exhortation towards the end of the book. Like a, some exhortation meaning like an encouragement to the saints in these various different churches and places and things of that nature. So right here, he's leaving some encouragement for the church of Philippians as he's finishing up this epistle. And the first thing he says um, in verse six here is to do not be anxious about anything. Right. So if you think about this, this is really a, a command that Paul is saying to the church. 
Like, do not be anxious about anything. Because as believers in Christ, now, I know, like, I know it might be hard to hear, I mean, not really hard to hear that, but, like, it could be seen like it's unrealistic by saying, like, don't be anxious, because obviously we're going to be anxious. And Paul knows they're going to be anxious. So this is why he's telling them, you know, not to be anxious, first and foremost. Like, try not to be anxious about anything as believers in Christ. Like, make sure you're, we're not doing it, because when we're being anxious, you're only anxious when you don't have your trust and your faith right. Like, when we start to be anxious, we are, in a way, trying to handle all of our problems and issues and you know, we're being anxious about it because we don't have a lot of trust and faith in God at the moment. And I know sometimes, but of course I have trust and faith in God, but I just get anxious. Yes, but being, you know, solid in our relationship with God in a way where we don't get anxious about things that are happening around us in our life situations, uh, relationships, uh, your job, all these other different things, like, our relationship with Christ can set us up in a way where we won't be as anxious about everything and about anything, not just like small, tiny things or not even just the bigger things, but everything, right? So Paul is trying to remind us, you know, don't be anxious about anything. He also says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your quest be made known to God. All right. So he's saying here, but in everything. So all prayers, no matter how big or how small, right? Let your request be known to God. And I think this is important too because when we learn how to trust God, we have to learn to trust we have to learn how to trust God. We have to learn how to trust God with not only the small things, but the bigger things too. Or not only the bigger things, but the small things. It should be everything. No, he says, but in everything, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Because God already knows the stuff that we need. God already knows the things that we're going through in our life. Anyway, he already knows that. But the thing is, God's going to wait for you to have that conversation with him. I don't know if you ever heard the statement, uh, you know, God's a gentleman. You know, he's just not going to force his way to butt into your life and your situations and things of that nature. But he is in a way where he knows exactly what we're all going through, what we're all thinking, what we're all dealing with. And, you know, we can hide it from our friends. We can hide it from our colleagues. We can hide it from your, you can even hide it from your spouse, your children, whatever, pastor, whatever. God ultimately knows. So even though God ultimately knows, he's going to wait for you to bring it to him. To say it to him, right? To make your request made known to him. And I think that's important because I don't think we pray enough and include enough to God. I'm talking about the little, the big things, all that. I don't think we say enough to God on a consistent basis. You know, like in First Thessalonians where it says to pray without ceasing. Meaning to always continuously pray to God. And that's the thing. He wants us to continually pray to him. I know sometimes it, it probably can feel like it's annoyed or he doesn't hear us and all these other different things. So I get that and understand that because sometimes it does feel like a lot that he doesn't hear us or not hear us. But how much of an effort are we actually making to 
build this relationship with God to the point where we can trust him with everything. You know, think about it like that. How often are you praying to God? How often are you trying to build that relationship with God? How often are you giving him thanks and praising him? How often are you just praying to him just to say thank you for certain things? Like, how deep is our relationship with God? Is it surface level? Is it you only, you know, reach out or pray to him when things are always going wrong? Or sometimes, or only at church? Like, those things matter. <coughs> because when it comes to trusting God, I feel like it really stems a lot from how strong our relationship is with him because at the end of the day if you have a close relationship also even with somebody that's just a human like us you're not trusting someone you don't have a huge like a really like you could like i mean at the end of the day there's always a basic form of trust like small ounces of trust like for instance i sat down in this chair and i trusted that the chair was going to keep me like grounded like i, I trusted the chair i easily you know the chair could easily broke or whatever the case may be like but I trusted the chair just enough to know that even when I sit down, that it's not going to break. Or this desk that has my laptop and my microphone and my iPad and stuff like that. I trusted it enough where I can set all this stuff on here to the fact that it was going to hold it up. So we all got trust in us. So it's not like we can't trust because we trust that our car is going to work every time we start it up. We trust that every time we sit in the bed or we sorry, lay down in the bed or on the couch that it's not going to break and things like that. So we... Everyday life, we trust. We definitely trust. So if we could take that type of trust and apply it to our relationship with Christ, it would really do us way, 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 way more of a favor than anything else. But it's all about starting that basic trust small. Really, really small. And I think starting to do that is praying to God. Making a priority to God. And I'm not talking about just including God in things. I'm talking about like making him a priority. But I'm going to talk about more of that when we get into our next verse. But let's continue to go through this real quick as we're about to uh, end up this part of the verse. And then verse 7, the last part, he says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, like there's different Types of opinions what uh, Paul means by and the peace of God, which, you know, surpasses all understanding because there's, you know, the peace of God, the peace from God. Uh, there's different, you know, phrases of peace of God that the New Testament, the Bible talks about. Uh, but the thing is, when we think about the peace of God, the peace of God is something that God gives us through his spirit that gives us peace. In our lives. And the thing about that peace of God is, as Paul stated here, it says, which surpasses all understanding. So there is going to be certain peace that we can't understand, but there's a lot of peace of God that is used through us, through a spirit that we can't understand. That we don't know why or how or anything like that, right? And like, it can look like something like, the peace of God, right, like when you have a relationship with Jesus and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, like if you're a believer in Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, and as you continue to grow with your relationship with God, things that normally would make you mad, things that would normally tick you off, things that, you know, I, you know, I think things that we will usually approach differently, but since our relationship with, with, with Christ is stronger, the Spirit helps us discern and make better decisions and not, you know, respond to them how we used to. So I feel like even the peace of God, 
where back in the day, if someone would have said something about you or talked about you or did something to you, your first thing would do was to wig out, cuss them out, get back, get revenge, stuff like that. But now the peace of God is over you, where now the same things that used to tick that can trigger you and tick you up, well, you won't respond to it the same, right? The same peace of God that someone could bring into your house, someone could bring into your car, you can wait on a flat. Like certain things that you will literally be ticked off about, the peace of God will help you to sustain you in those moments in your life where things are bad and wrong and you're able to withstand it and have perseverance to deal with it. And when people, you know, could even look at you and ask, like, how are you not mad by this? How are you not ticked off by this? It's the peace of God that's over you. And sometimes you can't even explain it. Sometimes you won't understand it. Other people definitely won't understand it, especially if they don't know who the nature of who Christ is, right? So that's the type of peace of God, right? That's the type of peace of God will guard our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what he's talking about. That it will guard our hearts. It will guard our minds. It will guard us in life when we are going through certain things. And these things will help us to be able to trust God. Because when we trust God, when we're praying to him about everything, when we are, um, you know, we're everything. I'm talking everything, including God and everything, asking of him, right? Building that relationship with him, right? That's the starting point of getting closer to him. That's not the starting point of the discerning and learning how the spirit is reacting in us and helping us to be at peace about a lot of certain things showing those fruits of the spirit you know love joy peace patience, kindness and goodness all the stuff that is an example of you know the fruits of the holy spirit that's in us you know and it's not just about tongues and, and and you know prophecy and all this other different stuff it's all about these everyday things that the spirit really works in each and every one of us and when we do these things we will have the peace of God in us. We will be able to sustain us in every situation in life. We will be able to trust God more. And then we will be able to guard our hearts from the things that will oppose us from trusting God. So, <coughs> so that's one th thing to point out. And then real quickly is Psalms 34, uh, 4 through 6. I really want to read this because I like this too. You know, this is David. And he's saying, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. So David is writing this, right? So I think this is a good reminder of how David is writing this type of song because the first thing he's saying is to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Like, delight yourself in the Lord, right? So I think that's very, you know, key how he says that because in some verses it says to also delight yourself also in the lord as well but i like some verses that's breaking down like that too because we can also find stuff in life that does delight our hearts and things like that it, it brings us happiness right like there's things that you know and there's not and they're not bad things but when you delight yourself in the lord when you Trust in the Lord. Like when you put your you know, put yourself in the Lord. Like, like when you go to the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. You know what I'm saying? Because God knows us better than we know us. He knows every hair that's on our head. He knows everything about us. You know, in, in Jeremiah one, where He was, you know, even explaining to Jeremiah like before you was in your mother's womb, I knew you. 
right? I knew you would be the prophet of the nations. I think Jeremiah 1 6. And he's just telling Jeremiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, he's saying, like, look, he's trying to encourage him. But look, let him know, like, look, I've known you before you was even in your mother's womb. Like, I knew what you were going to become. Like, that's how well God actually knows us. So he knows the desires of our heart. He knows some of the things we want to do, right? So according to God's will, he wants to give us those delights of our heart. Sometimes it might not look exactly how we think it should look, but we trusted God. Yeah, it could look exactly, it could look differently than what you might have thought from the beginning or from something else. But God's always going to steer you in a direction that's always better for you. He's never not going to steer you away from a certain direction, how you look at it, and not be better for you. Like, when you fully trust and give him and give him and delight yourself into the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And the desires of your heart, a lot of times, is way better than what you imagined it when you trust God with it. You know, in verse 5, he says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. So when you commit your way to God, when you commit your way to obeying him and trusting his will for your life, right? Commit, and it says to commit your way. Not just, you know, include him every now and again and things like that, but make a commitment your way to the Lord, right? Trust and he will act, meaning that he will move. But it's never going to always be in the timing that we think it should be. It's never going to be what we want it to be. Because like I said, God's timing is perfect. He knows the best. So when he moves, it's going to be at the perfect timing and the timing that we actually need. But now we've learned to be impatient where now we want things right away because everything in life now prepares us for wanting things right away. Like in our phones, we can search anything in our phones and come up in seconds. Fast food, we can wait for a couple minutes and we get our food. Microwaves, you know, uh, even like uh, autocorrect, like typing certain sentences and words and looking up stuff. It's fast. Which all this technology stuff is good. Don't get me wrong. Like I could type in a Bible verse and all of it will pop up in a second. But what it does is it, it can take away the commitment part. It can take away the patience part. It can take away to the point where we want it quickly. And if we don't have it quickly, then that's when we get discouraged. That's when we get frustrated and things like that. Instead of trusting him. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in his way, his will. Things like that. So when we delight ourselves in the Lord, we will have, he will give us the desires of our heart. But just don't always think it's going to happen the way you have it. Just know that when you do trust God, he has your best interest at heart always. And actually, His way, the way he will give you the desires is way better than even how you might plan it a lot of the time. Um, it's just about committing ourselves to the Lord, right? Commit your way to the Lord. Like I think that's a big word right there, to commit. Not just, you know, every now and again or maybe some priority, like commit to him, right? Trust in him and he will act, meaning that he will move. Like the Lord will move on your behalf. You know, where David, you know, he's going through various different things when you read the rest of the Psalms, like him in battle, him with enemies, people trying to, you know, friend people like being disloyal to him. And, you know, David is really like throwing all of himself out out there like every need even get bad like to the point where he's even like god my enemies like, i want you to even destroy their family like you know like that's how much anguish and stuff that he's going through but even with the doubtful moments 
in the Psalms. Like, that's the type of relationship that we should strive for when it comes to having a relationship with God. Like, when you hear that David, I think David is a man after God's own heart. Why is, why is that? Because he was after God with his whole heart. He talked to God like his best. He talked to God like it was his Like, he shared everything with him, good or bad. Good and bad thoughts. You know, sometimes we think we have to be a robot when God already knows how we think and feel anyway. We have to learn to have this type of relationship where we can be an open book with God. And that's what he wants us to, honestly, that's what he wants. He wants you to be an open book. He wants you to be able to talk to him with everything. He wants you to, to pray and to talk to him and things like that. And then outside of that, ultimately to trust him. And... I think the only way we'll be able to trust him is we have to do with some with, with the, these two verses. And like I said, there's many other verses I could have picked, but I, I wanted to use these ones in particular because it's about actions for us. So we like to think like, how do we trust God as we're wrapping this up? Oh, uh, think about this: like when you trust God, <clears throat> it all starts with it all starts with. Having that relationship with him, first and foremost, committed to him. So, um, okay. So, let's think about it like this. First and foremost, if you're not a believer in Christ, you can still pray to God. You can still, you know, God can still, you know, move and do certain things into your life. But to really have that real relationship with Christ and things like that, you have to become a follower of him. You know, commit to him. Become a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, believe in him. Believe that he is Lord. Right? Repent of the sins that we have done. You know, and follow him. You know, that's first and foremost. That's always the first step. So, if you are already past that step, now the thing is we have to learn how to build that relationship. Because just like a relationship with God, I mean, with God, it's just... I'm not saying it's just like every other relationship, but you do have to build that connection. You do have to build on that. You have to, you know, just like any other relationship that with someone you do for a while. Yeah, learn how to to build it up. Whether it's praying to him, right? That's a good starter, right? Uh, and reading his word, reading the Bible. Like this is a whole part of reading the Bible is because God isn't always, or majority of the time, God is not going to. Just verbally talk to you like how I'm talking to you or how anybody else is talking to you. Like it's not it's not gonna happen majority of the time. And I get sometimes you might see certain people online and YouTube and stuff like that talk and tell stories about certain stuff like they're having back and forth conversations with God, you know, and just because they have a huge ministry and all these other different things, you know, it's easy to believe that stuff. Now I'm not even saying God, you know, God can do whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? God can talk to somebody all of your possible person. You know what I'm saying? I never really heard it that like that. You know what I mean? But do I think sometimes people can be very imaginative with a lot of things and people be thinking of their own thoughts and stuff like that? I think that does occur too. You know, I'm not, and I'm not even trying to be disingenuous when I say that. But, but at the end of the day, the scriptures, that's the number one tool for hearing what God says. It's from the scripture. Because at times there might be thoughts and feelings that we might experience. There might be stuff that somebody else is saying that could be, you know, what you're thinking of. But God's word is the final way to decipher is what this person saying is correct, is what my thoughts and feelings are saying is correct. Because if you read it in scripture, and if your thoughts and feelings or somebody else saying something, 
And if it's contradicted what the word says, then obviously that's not God speaking. That's other people speaking. That's us, you know, get confused. That's us doing those things. And um, and I think, like, as you get closer to God, you will learn how God actually speaks to you. It could be an answer prayer request, God speaking to you. It could be something you're going on in your situation, and somehow somebody that you know or somebody from church or something says something exactly that you need to hear or, cl or clarify it to you. That can be a one way God speaks to you, sure. Right? Pray to him and reading the Bible, read his word. You know, those are the major ways that God speaks to us. And we learn how to trust God by reading his word. By me reading certain verses, by me reading how we can trust God, like those are things that you can hear to help you. Like, you know what? Okay, I can trust God because this is what his word actually says. And the more priority and the bigger commitment you make, by leading into having a relationship with Christ, the easier you'll start to get to trust in him. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be super easy, like, okay, I'll read the Bible every day and worship, and that, that, that means, you know, all the time, I'm never going to, you know, still have some doubts sometimes or get mad or frustrated. Things like, yeah, that stuff is still going to happen. That's why this stuff we have to do daily. This is why we have to commit to the Lord daily. That's why we have to ask and pray daily. This is why we have to do this on, on an everyday basis. This is not because we're going to need it every day. We're going to need that reassurance every single day. We should read these verses each and every day. Um. So because there are going to be different situations in your life where some moments is like okay, and other moments is like yo, I'm really going through it, and that's where community and stuff comes in hand. You know, with that as well. You know, making sure you have a good community. That's another way on how to trust God. So to make it even more Simplistic on how you trust God is for one, establish already established the relationship of making Him Lord and Savior of your life. If you already did that, and if you haven't did that, that's a big way to do that. Because without that, you're not gonna be able to be close or have a close relationship with God unless you make that decision. You know what I'm saying? That's the decision that you make. You know what I'm saying? Don't do it because your mom did said so, or your dad, or your grandma, or your pastor, or whatever. Make that decision to follow Jesus and make Him Lord and Savior of your life because that's the decision that you personally want to make. You know, that's what, you know, God doesn't want to force you to have a relationship. He wants you to willfully want you to have a relationship with him and to make him Lord and Savior of your life where he's the number one priority in your life. And then once you get to that point, you have to start with the basics. You have to start with building a relationship, meaning whether you're praying a couple times a day, writing out prayers and stuff a couple times a day, reading the Bible a couple times a day, being alone to a church community where they can help you learn and grow into your faith. Right, all those different things will help you learn how to trust God, and then also remember, remember trust is stuff we do every day. Trust God like how you trust your car is going to start every day. Trust God like how you trust that when you leave your your house or your apartment, or whatever during the day, that it won't catch on fire and burn up or something bad will happen to you. Trust God like how you would uh, trust God. You know, sitting in a chair that when you sit in the chair that. The chair is not going to break. And we start to think about our trust like that. I think that will help set a foundation for us trusting God. And ultimately, God ultimately knows what's best for us. Right? He's the creator of the universe. He knows what's best for us. He knows the desires of our heart. He knows us before in our mother's womb. He's the one that you can trust more than anybody. His trust you trusted in him, you have a relationship with him 
that is what will sustain you in every life situation, whether you deal with your finances, whether you deal with your relationships, parents, marriage, all this other different stuff, different sins, things that you're going through. Having that faith and trust in the Lord to help you in those situations will sustain you way further than what you might think. And I just want to leave off with uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, you know, Solomon says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Meaning, when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, that means your mind, your soul, everything. <coughs> trust in Him. And the Lord with all your heart, meaning everything. Lead not in your own understanding. That means don't always depend on what you think is best or what someone else thinks is best. Or lead on your own understanding, meaning you're the only one that knows the situation. Right? So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. Uh, acknowledge him in all your ways, meaning when you acknowledge him in all your ways, acknowledge him in every single decision, every deci every single problem, everything that even goes good. Acknowledge him in everything. And not just acknowledge him, but acknowledge him first. And the last part of that verse is that he will make your path straight. Right? Meaning that it's not going to be a yellow brick road. Doesn't mean that everything's gonna be hunky dory just because you read your Bible every day, or just because you're praying every day, or just because you wish listen to worship 24-7, things like that. No, maybe your path straight is that there are life in the crazy parts of life and the complicated parts of life that he will get you through. He will withstand you. He will help you persevere. And ultimately, the ultimate reward is eternal life with him in heaven. So that's making your path straight. Remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him all your ways that he will make your path straight. So that's how we learn how to trust God. And I know I said a lot. I know I used a couple of verses and stuff like that. But I hope you at least got the premises of starting that foundation relationship with him, making him Lord and Savior of your life. Start building a relationship. Commit to him. Commit your ways to him. You know what I mean? Like praying every day, praying everything to him, talking to him, you know, reading his word, listening to what he's saying to us, reading it in the context of how he's saying it to us so we can learn to help us to learn and to grow. Make sure we're in a community of believers that's helping us and guiding us. And ultimately, you know, trusting him. And knowing that trusting him will make our path straight, will help us to persevere, will help us to be sustained in every situation that we get. And ultimately, Eternal life is going to be the best part of all of this. But trusting in God, just trusting God like how you trust in everything else. You know, Jesus told his disciples, all you need is a seed of a mustard seed. That's it. You don't need your faith. Don't have to be 100% like holy moly in order for God to move. Nah. He said all you need is faith as a mustard seed. A mustard seed is this big. And that's all you need when it comes to trusting God. And that's all we do each and every day. So we can have mustard seed faith when it comes to all the other stuff that's in our life. Imagine when we have that mustard seed faith when it comes to the Lord and what that would do for us. So, but yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. So I guess I just want to end it with that. But um, thank you for listening and have a great and blessed week. Peace.